I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company, Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Don't forget to head on over to our website, shamelesssex.com, for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Shameless Sex Podcast. I missed everyone so much. I miss all of you. I can't see you, but I love all of you. I do, too. This episode is awesome. It is with Ida Mandalay. Ida Mandalay is a therapist, sex educator, a social justice advocate, uh, and it's on long distance relationships and we go into some social justice pieces, but it's specifically about long distance relationships and they can Ida, actually be juicy. Yeah. Yeah. And Ida knows their stuff. Like they are really, really good with it, all this information on how to keep things connected. There's so many things I would never have thought about. And I think it could apply to also non long distance relationships just in terms of creativity or maybe you go on some business trips, you know, you're away for a week and just in that week you want to keep things connected. Um, so I think there's something here for everyone. I'm taking pieces of what we talked about today because I have to go to Australia soon for almost two weeks. Oh, yeah. It's not easy. It's definitely difficult to be physically apart from people that you're used to being next to. I didn't even think about that. You're going to be gone for two or three. How long? Two or three weeks? Two weeks? I'll be gone for about 10 days. Okay, 10 days. But still, you can implement some of these tools there. There's some such good ideas. You're going to have to listen to this episode all over again. I know. Well, I took so much from this episode. So stay tuned. Y'all are going to love it. You're going to love it. So we'll be diving in in a moment. You missed Um, a rap, though, that I did for Amy. I really wish we would record this. Your rap was like, I've never heard you rap before. Um, And it was, I really wish I recorded it. It came from within. The fun thing about being friends with April and spending so much time with her is that it's constant laughter and entertainment. Like, I mean, we, we, we're serious and we do real things, but so often I'm just cracking up. Do you remember we had her on our podcast a long time ago, Erin Fisher? She, yeah. She's the well wise woman. Yeah. She said one time I was hanging out with her for, I think, 24 hours. She's like, you're like a TV. You can just change channels and you're always doing something else. You're very entertaining. I it's was like, constant. Oh, I guess I didn't really realize that. It's and a compliment. I'm, I definitely think it's a compliment. It's a great thing. I, I, My partner yeah. could disagree sometimes. He's like, you never know what you're getting. He wishes he had an invisible remote to like press mute and like change channels. Well, Chip, the only time I want you to to press mute with you is when we wake up at 8 a.m. in a hotel room and you ask me five questions and you don't do that anymore because I would be like, Chip, too early for questions. Well, I'll look over and you'll be (laughs) meditating and I'm like, oh, okay, I got your candy, I got your candy thing. And now Legend has most of my, my, occupies a lot of my brain. I know, you Waves you in the love morning. him more than me in the morning. Which, though. you know, I want to talk about for one brief moment. Not my dog. Because yeah. uh, he's lovely. There's not a lot to talk about there. I started therapy with my partner. Oh, yeah. Which has been really powerful experience. Uh-huh. and Helpful. Helpful. We have a, a lot of communication problems because we both communicate. We're both very passionate, driven humans. Can we and call you fiery? Can we say fiery? Fiery is another way to put it, yes. And we both, I think, tend to like to dominate conversations. And I've had to practice a lot of listening with him. And when we're triggered or fiery, or uh, which is a good word, not a lot gets accomplished. So I'm yeah. taking a lot from therapy. And I have to recommend for folks, even if they haven't been with their partners a long time if you've been there a little bit and you want to just learn tools to help you communicate listening to this podcast is one and actually getting an uninterested third party is another I yeah you we, we talk about this all the time on and Ida podcast. is in a therapist as well and I know they're in the yeah the field of therapy there but but the thing about that is they can only work in their state right 
because they're right. a therapist. So that's an issue with licensed therapists. If they're licensed sex coaching, you can work with people all over the world. If they're like, you know, or if, if they're if they're not licensed as a therapist, licensed therapist makes it a little more tricky. Um, and they offer so many other things too, though. Right. Well. I didn't know though people would be thinking that I was saying they're in therapy. Oh, oh, they're in oh the I field see. of therapy. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're. I mean, they might be in therapy they're too. Therapists. So many therapists are also in therapy. As it, I don't want to shoot anyone, but. Come on, it, we all. Most of us know that we could benefit from it. Usually, doesn't hurt people. I actually feel like it's good. I've talked to one of my really close friends that we were having some communication errors, or I, I guess differences, and we've also as, friend, as friendships have as friendships do have, and even within working relationships, mm-hmm. you might have folks that you work with that you don't see eye to eye on. It really does help. Yeah, and so even some friendships, long term friendships, can help with getting therapy uh i'm gonna take this as an opportunity to uh do a little shout out to my good friend and april's good friend ian stratton Ah. whom we love and he graduated from hakomi with me hakomi is a holistic psychotherapy practice um and so he's actually practicing he's not licensed hakomi therapist meaning he can actually work with pretty much anyone um, but he has hakomi down i actually do sessions with him where Mm -hmm. he's my therapist and which is interesting because we're friends so we call it a dual relationship it's not ideal deal to have your therapist as your friend and there's something about hakomi though because it deals with what's present as so opposed to a dual relationship or dual a relationship dual dual meaning like it, you know me if i was trying to be your therapist we're friends and i'm your therapist can be a little messy and it's not the best idea and with with he and i though it's because hakomi really deals with what's present and it's more about the somatic feelings in your body as opposed to the stories that you're telling um, and so I want to give a shout out to him because he's starting to see clients. He can see people in person in Santa Cruz, or he can see people online over video and he's doing $45, 90 minute intro sessions. That's so affordable. Yeah. So that's the intro session is to get to know and see if it works well. He also does breath work. He does somatic therapy. If in person, he can also do some body work stuff too. Uh, but to learn more, you can email him. It's Ian, I A N at we like to breathe.com. I love that because he does breath work too. So I want to do a little shout out to that because he's uh, really uh, up up and coming and learning his and art. He's an and incredible human. Ian, I love, love you. We love you, Ian. Uh, and then two other shout outs before we do a sex question. Uh, I said this on past podcasts in the end of this month on February 28th. Uh, this is 2020. I am teaching in Dallas at Sarah's Secret. I believe that one is the... Uh, Her Pleasure 101, and then on the following Sunday, which is March 1st, question mark, I'm teaching uh, His Pleasure 101. This is, again, Sarah's Secret in Dallas. Go to sarahssecret.com. That's no H in Sarah's. Um, And you can learn more and come learn from me. And then I'm also teaching a weekend workshop in March 2020 with Daniel Molnar. It is a Tantra in Motion experiential two-night overnight weekend workshop, you know, deeper immersion into the juiciness of Tantra. There'll be orgasmic breathwork, et cetera. It's very safe. Everyone's going to keep all their clothes on. And um, there's a hot tub and all kinds of fun things. Santa Cruz. It's in Santa Cruz Mountains. And if you want to learn more, this is March 13th to 15th. If you want to learn more, go to danielmolner.com. Molner is M-O-L-L-N-E-R. Nice. you got a lot of good stuff happening. And then you and I will be teaching in Salt Lake City the end of April. At Blue and Boutique. in Dallas again. And in Dallas. Oh, you'll be back in Dallas. We'll be back you know. in Texas. We'll give you the final deets for that. But just if you are in those areas in Salt Lake City or Dallas, uh, and you'll get both of us at the end of, of April 2020 as well. It's true. It's better with both of us. All right. You ready for a sex question, Chip? Yeah. I don't know. I, you haven't clued I just, me in. All I said was adult diapers. You did no. You said adult babies. Oh, adult babies. Okay. You didn't even mention diapers, so now I'm curious. Are you ready? All right. Here I we love go. adult diapers. I'm with this man, and he's amazing. After a few months, he tells me he finds adult women in diapers sexy. Not to use them. Not to be baby like. Okay, so adult babies wrong. I didn't respond well. I freaked out. I've apologized, but I still don't understand. He said it started when he dated a woman a few years ago, and it was her kink. After the relationship, he said it just stuck with him, and he that he doesn't understand it, but he just associates it with sex. He said he doesn't need it, and because I freaked out, he doesn't want anything to do with it because he wouldn't ever want to lose me. That my re- reaction turned him off from it, but so oh, lose me. My my reaction turned him off from it, but I'm unsure if. It just doesn't seem right thoughts. Like, is it normal, basically? 
Uh, Wait, go back to the actual question because I lost. The question is: Is it, is it, is it does thoughts? Is it? Is this normal? Is it, I didn't have. They're saying I didn't have the best reaction to it, and he says he wants to just like shove it aside because he doesn't want to lose her. Oh. But it, this is something that he doesn't need, but he's turned on by it. It's not about a baby, but something about women wearing a diaper is arousing and, and, and sexy. And he is into his partner wearing the diaper. Yes, it's not him wearing the diaper. Nope. Okay, it's a woman wearing the diaper. Of course, something's wrong with that. Yeah. However, it's what she, I mean if she's not into it that's yeah something that's totally it's, it's normal because there is everything is normal yeah. right there's no not normal of course there's things that are more like alternative and rare or fetishy and this is this could go in the category of a fetish but it's a mild fetish because he doesn't need it to be aroused but it's something that turns him on um and you know that is associated with sex and arousal and yeah you get to make your own rules of course if something about you wearing a diaper really is not going to work for you then that's okay but yeah don't it doesn't help to shame someone. The real important question, though, is it cloth or is it disposable? Yeah, what kind of, or <laughs> is it environmentally friendly? Yes, that's what we really need to know. Because we're in, if it's environmentally friendly, we're totally down. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, well, it, you could make a diaper almost out of anything, though, if you, you totally wanted could. to, out of a, like a nice fur blanket. Yeah, you could make it a sexy diaper in you, if what you feel is a sexy diaper. Yeah, totally. Yeah, there's so many spins you could take, and of course. I, 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 we, we're not comfortable with everything. We're not going to be down for everything that our partner wants to do. And, but there is shame that happened here where obviously he kind of shut down. You were saying your response wasn't the best. Um, so my advice would be whether you decide to do it or not to do the cleanup of trying to uh, repair that hurt or that shame that may have happened. Even if you're like, Hey, I don't understand this. I actually am getting a no to doing it. And I want to honor your interests. Like you're, I don't want you to feel bad for that. Maybe we can just talk about it. Maybe we can watch some porn together where there's someone, you know, a woman wearing a diaper or, um, you know, maybe we can do some role play that feels within my boundaries. Um, and I just, yeah, just that, that piece because that shame can hang out with them and can build long-term resentment. I think that what I would do if I were in this person's shoes, the person that did the diaper shaming, uh-huh. the I, diaper would, shame, yeah. I would come out in a silk, sexy diaper <laughs> and be like, I fucking love you. And I love this diaper and I want you to see me in this diaper and I'm going to do diapery things except soil it right now. Cause I am a germaphobe. This is me. I'm speaking for myself yeah. and let's, just have you feel me in this diaper. Yeah, totally. See, and then like that's this. you just already probably excited your partner. You already got rid of the diaper shame. You could address it after the conference, yeah. after the sexy diaper time. Yep. And at the same time, you're you're also hopefully feeling more comfortable in a textile of your choice because perhaps they're not into the crunchiness of the store bought CVS diapers, yeah. right? Because there is like a little bit of, you know, there could be some shame in that. Maybe yeah. they changed a lot of diapers in their lives or you never know. Yeah. And diapers, I can see why they don't really receive a lot of sex appeal yeah. because they're, they're for soiling things. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and one other thing I'll say about fetishes, the interesting way they work, I want to normalize fetishes in general is the brain just eroticizes things, whether it's coming from a situation that wasn't so wonderful or a really wonderful situation. It's, it's mysterious how it works, but the brain can eroticize things. Maybe it's as part of your system learning how to work with this confusing thing. Well, this is so overwhelming and then it turns into an erotic thing. So it's completely normal for your partner to have this, find this thing erotic and it's completely normal for you to not be into it. But there's nothing that says, I'm sorry about my diaper shaming other than a silk, sexy diaper. (laughs) April's really pushing for that <laughs> we're coming out with a shameless sex silk diaper line yeah <laughs> this is the real reason we oh address my god this. this is awesome are you all be into it all right we're gonna move on to a testimonial thank you for sending in your sex question you are awesome um okay i have a couple of testimonials just two i'll do read real quick um number one i only recently found your podcast and i've been trying to catch up one to two episodes a day i love when people do that so dedicated being a monogamous bisexual male and having been married for nearly 30 years you might guess i have some issues listening to your podcast has helped me come into terms and accept a lot of things for the better what i really wanted to say most is the show topics that i think won't really apply that i didn't think would really apply to me always seem to come out no out of nowhere and really with really helpful info so great. Thanks for the great work. That's and it. we got to finish this oh, part. Oh. There's so much more I wish I knew how to express to you badass mamma jammas. <laughs> badass mamma jammas. Yeah. I think that's really cool to touch on something uh, which you don't think 
something's going to apply to you. So mm-hmm. you don't listen to that episode. I do that sometimes with yeah. podcasts. And then you still find, learn. And something. then if I listen to it, I will still learn something. Mm-hmm. And I love having more knowledge yeah. because you might find yourself in a conversation with someone and tap into that podcast Rolodex of mm-hmm. uh, an episode of shameless sex that you listen to that you're like, wait, I know about that. Yeah. So that's really great. Thank Yay. you for that testimonial human. We love you human. And then one, oh, yeah. one last testimonial before I read the bio. Hello, you two awesome, beautiful humans. I'm currently in a fairly new relationship with my boyfriend. And in around in November, he brought up the idea of open relationships in the distant future. He mentioned reading Chris Ryan's book, sex at dawn. And I actually had dinner with Chris Ryan last night and I ended up reading it for myself. Wait, st- you didn't have, he didn't, but this, oh, I'm sorry. saying that. Sorry. Oh, okay. I, that was that my got side confusing. note. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I had dinner with Chris Ryan. <laughs> sorry. I just want to interject there. <laughs> sorry. I didn't say that so gracefully. Um, anyways, they ended up reading the book as well while struggling to rewire my brain in a society where I've been taught that monogamy is the only way I've been trying to reach out to many different resources to educate myself. It is, it's a super confusing and hard concept for me still, but I truly understand the benefits of open relationships. I listened to Chris Ryan's podcast, which led me to the episode that you were on. This is me, Amy, um, and mentioned your podcast. And then I came to your podcast. And let me tell you, I don't usually binge watch Netflix, but I sure got down to business with catching, with catching up on your podcast. Yay, I love bingers. <laughs> this is like a theme here. My commute to and from work while I cook dinner, etc. I remember feeling triggered in some parts of my relationship, and I don't know... I didn't know how to bring up my boyfriend. After all, it wasn't his fault. I felt that way, but it was from past experiences. And so essentially we helped this person to say, this is, you're not making me do this. Um, and get this, you ready? My boyfriend had Uber lube already. I think that means he's a keeper. Anyways, <laughs> I feel like you're the mentors to, to me. You're both mentors to me. I don't know if mentors is the right word, but kind of like wise cousins who are super hip and amazing and cooler than you. <laughs> God, that's so sweet. That. And I think you're I want cool to hang too. out with all of our listeners. You know, some podcasters are doing meet and greets when they go to cities. Like Chris Ryan does that. Oh, he cool. goes when he travels. He's in Seattle. He'll post like, "Hey, Seattle," and he'll talk about his podcast. I'm going to be at this place from seven to nine. Come meet me. And I think Kyle Tierman did that too. We should do that sometime. Maybe we could do that. Well, no, we have sex workshops. They can come to our workshop. Yeah, there you go. We'll be in Dallas and 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 in Salt Lake City at the end of April. Come to our workshop, and then you can meet us. We've hey. been to Salt Lake City so many times. We love Salt Lake City loves us. I know. I love Salt Lake City. We love you, Salt Lake City. Are you ready and for the garage? The garage. We go there. It's our tradition. It's the garage. It's really nice. If you're in Salt Lake City, check it out. If you haven't, they've got great funeral potatoes. Yeah, we love it. It's our. It's our. Like the right <laughs> when we get off the plane, we're like garage. The I garage. Know. We do weird parking though. Are you ready for a bio? Yeah. Okay, so Ida Mandalay LCSW is an award-winning. Latinx, I think that's how you say that. It's instead of Latina or Latino, it's L-A-T-I-N-X. Is it? Because I know, don't they do that with, with women? They'll put an X in there too? I don't know. Um, so Latinx activist, trauma-focused therapist, and sexuality educator known for big earrings and <laughs> tackling taboos. Love that. Their politics are radical. Their life is ridiculous. And their penchant for irreverent, irreverence as intimacy is notorious. Mandalay's current focus areas include community accountability, healing justice, and work centering queer and trans people of color. To learn more, visit idamandalay.com. That's A-I-D-A-M-A-N-D-U-L-E-Y.com. And but first, we have a message from our sponsors. And just so you know, uh, our sponsors are near and dear to us. We're very careful about who we select to sponsor this podcast because we are very particular. And, um, you know, they help us to keep this podcast free for you all. So we say no to a lot. We do. We say no to, I think, the majority of things. Oh, yeah. We say a lot of no's. So just know that you are getting the best possible people that we love. Yeah. And this, you know, by spot, by supporting them, you're helping to support us indirectly. So without further ado, here we go. And then the podcast will start. Let's be honest. Sometimes it's hard to meet sexual partners in real life and porn doesn't offer you that erotic intimacy that you're looking for. So when we learned about mygirlfun.com, we did our research and decided that we are huge fans of what they have to offer. With My Girl Fund, you can form virtual relationships with sexy, amazing women whenever you want. That means you can connect, message, or share photos and videos with the women you choose in total privacy. The reason why we love My Girl Fund is it actually empowers the women who work there. 
They connect with the folks they want to connect with, and they control how they interact. So it's safe, private, and discreet for everyone. It's free to join MyGirlfriend.com, and for a limited time, you can become a lifetime premium member for less than $5 when you visit MyGirlfriend.com slash shameless. That means you get discounted credits and bonus interaction features for life when you go to MyGirlfriend.com slash shameless. Go check it out. This podcast is made possible by Manscaped. If you love the D just as much as we do, then it's time to trim up. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for you or your man's family jewels. We are huge fans of Manscaped's Perfect Package 3.0, which includes the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, as well as their anti-chafing crop preserver and crop reviver. So when was the last time you shaved your pride and joy? Don't lie. If it's been a while, then it's time to give yourself the gift of some beautifully Manscaped balls that smell and feel oh so fresh hey there's nothing worse than a mouthful of pubes penis owners it's time to step up your game penis admirers you just discovered a great gift item for your lover and our listeners get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code shameless at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com use code shameless get pleasure the right way and use manscaped and now back to the show all right, everyone, it is episode time. We are here. You already heard in the bio, but Ida Mandalay. I actually met Ida at Sex Geek Summer Camp 2016. Um, we didn't really get a chance to formally know each other, and uh, Ida was giving a lot of really awesome presentations there. Um, and so really excited to have Ida on the show here on Shameless Sex. Um, Ida, welcome to Shameless Sex. And Thank let's just, you. Yeah, we're happy to have you. And just start with like, how did you get to where you are today? It's always interesting to hear people's stories, how they got into the realm of sexuality. You're a therapist, you're an educator, you do a lot of work around social justice. So if you tell our listeners a little more about that. Yeah, totally. Um, honestly, a lot of the ways that I got into the, the fields that I'm in was because I was pissed. Uh, so uh, <laughs> a lot of anger has fueled my work historically, uh, but I don't let it stop there totally. So um, I got into sexuality and sexuality education more specifically when I was in college, um, I was doing a lot of LGBTQ activism. I, I'd known since I was a kid, I was queer. Later, I realized I was also trans. And so I started going into it through the realm of how do I make the world safer and better and more pleasurable for people like me um, and people who don't usually have those conversations geared towards them. So as I was doing that, I realized that there was a lot of sexuality education that wasn't catering to LGBTQ people, got into that eventually also started doing work around violence prevention um, and realizing that it's a topic that actually matters and should matter to all of us, mm -hmm. not just those of us who have found ourselves in an abusive situation. Um, it, you know, creating a better world is everyone's responsibility, not just those of who, you know, who are victimized in the moment. Um, so after that, I started doing more domestic violence work specifically, working in Rhode Island. Um, and then it's been a kind of winding path. I ended up in therapy as a practitioner because I, again, I was pissed. You're seeing here the, the theme uh, <laughs> because I was getting a lot of folks at my domestic violence agency and other places where I was working that needed therapists that were competent around sexuality, that were competent around their politics and their identities and wouldn't shame them for it. So, mm -hmm. um, it historically, a lot of folks that, you know, know the fields of therapy, there's a, a bunch of them. Um, there's been a lot of stigma around different sexualities, you know, homosexuality and queerness was, was a disorder up until mm -hmm. fairly recently. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that other people could receive mental health services that were good for them and were not going to re-traumatize them in the process. So I decided to become part of the solution there and became a therapist. And so now I'm kind of doing a little bit of everything, um, but with a pretty strong focus on therapy in person here out of Boston where I live. Um, and then all the other educational work kind of internationally at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, lo I love when people, I, we actually, we were talking about this the on a podcast. Fire. You yeah, the fire. You the fire. We love, people, love fire, passion. And then also we were talking about this on a podcast yesterday because someone said something similar. No, they were saying that they got to where they are in the human sexuality world out of, um, you know, trauma and, and wounding and, um, and well, I don't love people having trauma wounding, but like we often come from a background like, I don't understand this thing. Or like I were seeing that it's, there's a, the model out there is just not working for a lot of people. And, and then there can be this, you know, this uproar within us. And now there's this great way to channel that, to actually help to help people and inspire people. So yeah, thank you for all the work you do and our listeners will learn more about what that is as we um, 
carry on. So we're here today to talk about long distance relationships, how to maintain them, how to keep the fire, how to keep the connection. I would imagine this being not an easier time to have a long distance relationship, but the amount of FaceTime that you can actually get now for with a long distance lover is is amazing. So yeah, you talk about FaceTime like FaceTime, FaceTime, I mean, like whatever. literal and metaphorical. Like yeah. on my phone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. With, with, yeah, with technology, there's so many things available. And we'll talk about sex toys too, because there's a lot of that available too in sex tech. Um, we'll start off with a sex question from a listener who actually said we could use her name as long distance lover. <laughs> so I'm going to start with this sex question. And this sex question actually is a good segue into all these other pieces because this is exactly what we're talking about. So long distance lover asks, not too long ago, I met someone who lives a few states away from me. We had this extraordinary connection that both of us have expressed interest in exploring further. I've done long distance once in the past and it was rough. Retrospectively, we didn't communicate well and didn't, didn't have established boundaries or needs. I'm wondering if you have any tips for creating a functional, thriving long distance relationship, communication skills, keeping the intimacy fresh, all the good stuff, please help. So I mean, your first question here is what are the top tips for maintain, maintaining long-distance relationships? Um, what do you see works? How do people navigate this? So this is my, my set of tips, both from being a therapist that works on this and also from someone who's had a ton of long-distance relationships and still has them, um, multi-year relationships for, with people across the states, across the globe uh, at times as well. So um, sometimes less is more, first of all. Being in touch 24-7 is generally not healthy for any relationship, and the same goes for long-distance relationships. Sometimes we don't even realize we're trying to do this 24-7 thing because when we're not face-to-face, each individual moment of connection can seem so much smaller, and like we have to compensate and do more and more and more because we can't be there in person. But actually, relationships benefit from some level of distance and some level of having a break. Um, Especially when we think about relationships that are just starting, whether they're, you know, physically or not, um, oxytocin is one of the chemicals that comes into the mix. Uh, We know that chemical because of its role in orgasm and its role in building connection and trust. And when we're on an oxytocin overload, when we're so into this person, we don't actually have a pretty clear brain to evaluate things with. Um, And so, having someone tethered to us 24-7 can actually make it really hard to make decisions about that relationship because we don't have the distance necessary to make good decisions about it. So less is more. Make sure to take breaks. You don't have to be in touch 24-7. Have meta conversations. And again, this goes for face-to-face as well as long-distance relationships, but talk about your relationship. Don't just talk about how your day was. Don't just talk about the movie you saw. Talk about how you're feeling about the relationship, what your goals are for the relationship. All those things that in the excitement of newfound love or newfound connection, we sometimes forget, right? And sometimes people are really good at talking about those things. Some people need a little bit more structure. So there's amazing books out there that can help you have some of those conversations or or you know, think about what your attachment style is or think about what your relationship goals are so that you don't have to just make up all the conversation starters yourself. Um, another tip is make conversation easier, not harder. And so what I mean by that is figure out what methods and what messaging apps work actually for this relationship. So maybe you're someone who loves Facebook Messenger, but the person that you're dating is really conscious about encryption and safety and they hate Facebook Messenger. So consider what is another app that both of you could use, like Signal, that might take into account both of your needs. Um, Another thing with communication, especially over technology and apps, is people over text can sound very different than they can sound via voice. So two things to keep in mind. A, you can actually send voice messages through a lot of messaging apps. So consider just sending a voice message and recording it if you don't want to type something out. Also consider the use of stickers and GIFs. And again, for many millennials and Gen Zers, this is already part of the way that we communicate um, as a proud millennial. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's something that can actually help a lot of folks, especially if they have a hard time finding words to talk about their emotions. Maybe they have a little sticker set that's very accessible to them and they can say, hey, I'm really overwhelmed. But instead of having to say that, they can just put a little overwhelmed puppy or an overwhelmed little egg as a sticker to show that. Um, Obviously, we can have miscommunications there totally. And that's just something to manage in the moment. But the ability to use other forms of 
communication, even when you're using an app, can be critical, can be super huge. I know that for me, with some of my partners, that's been so monumental, right? I, I thought their communication was pretty sterile. I was like, wow, it doesn't sound like you care very much. Once we started using stickers, game changer. I feel so loved. I feel so seen and cared for. And honestly, that was just one of the small changes that we had to do so we could feel that. Um, another tip there too is talk about your schedules so that you both, you don't have to give anyone a play-by-play of every minute of the day. Again, less is more. But if you live time zones away, or if you have a job where you can't actually pick up your phone when you, when you get a text, it's good for people to know what the boundaries are of what you can do attention-wise and what can, you can do communication-wise. So just giving at least a general sketch of what they can expect. Hey, between 9 a.m. and 2 p.m., I'm seeing clients. I, I cannot even look at my phone. So if you message me, even if it's an emergency, I'm not going to be able to see it. Um, and again, a lot of this is about clarifying and discussing expectations because that's one of the biggest things that messes up any relationship. Um, another thing for people who are hoping to at some point live together or live closer if they've been at a distance for a while, know that they're going to have to recalibrate how their relationship works. And it is very possible that it might not work, not at a long distance, mm-hmm. depending on how they've organized their relationship. So a relationship doesn't necessarily translate depending on, again, what your expectations are and what you want. Um, If you want to be closer and want to travel together or want to travel to each other, consider pooling travel resources. If you're doing things like Amtrak or, you know, flights, consider the, the family pooling options or sending each other miles or things like that. Um, or if you have friends who care about you and you know can't send you cash but want you and your sweeties to get together in person, they could consider sending you miles or they could consider sending you things like that to help you get connected face-to-face. Um, another piece is uh, thinking about your attachment patterns and attachment styles. We extremely don't have time to go super into that right now, but I have other you know resources and podcasts if you just look me up, attachment theory. Um, because different people's patterns of showing care and affection will affect how the other person, the relationship feels cared for. So if I'm someone who loves to be given space and my partner is someone who needs a lot of reassurance and I don't know that, I'm just going to maybe default to giving them space because I think I need space and I assume that that's what they need to. And instead what that can create is a relationship where it feels really disjointed or one partner feels uncared for or unloved when there is a lot of love there. It's just not being communicated well or communicated in a way that the other person can actually understand. Mm -hmm. Um, One or two more um, talking about uh, doing hobbies, um, especially hobbies that you can do simultaneously, even while you're apart, whether that's gaming, whether that's watching movies, there used to be a website called rabbit that let you stream movies and videos at the same time. And there was a little chat option. (laughs) Sadly, it is now defunct. So now either something new comes up or we're just going to have to do the, you know, I'm going to call you countdown three, two, one, and we're both going to hit play at the same time. (laughs) Um, But doing things, even if you're a part that you can share and talk about. Um, I recently gotten an interest in pottery. And so if I wanted to tell one of my partners that is also interested in pottery, hey, Let's both take classes and debrief after the classes. So we're not doing pottery in the same room, but we're still having a similar experience that we can then talk about. Um, that can, again, just give you a, another realm of connection, another way of sharing things, even if physically you can't be present. Um, and finally, if you have a partner that lives far away, have some contact people on the ground in case there's an emergency. So make sure that you have some of their friends or family's numbers or contact information in case there's something where they end up at a hospital or you end up at a hospital. Um, when, when we have long distance relationships, sometimes we don't actually integrate people into our friend circle because it's already hard enough to integrate them into our lives if they're not present there. But being able to integrate them into your friend circle, even just with that sort of contact information can be huge, especially when there's something really scary, like a hospital stay or an accident that happens. Um, and so again, that's this idea of bridging the gap between, between the distance. 
I saw, so Dirty Lola was on our podcast mm-hmm. uh, and Lola has posted something, was it yesterday, on Instagram about their partner who lives on the other side of the country sending her a, in a Ziploc bag, um, a shirt of, of his so he, she could like smell his scent when she wanted to like, and snuggle with it. I was like, that is the cutest And that's like ever. a good way to keep the intimacy fresh, yeah. uh, which was another piece of the question. I, I think that you could probably check in with your partner. I would love actual physical letters if I was in a long distance relationship because the written just even if you're not an eloquent writer still receiving someone's even their journaling if they want to share that with you or something about their day that's a little bit more special uh do you have anything else for intimacy I love the tip about sharing the memes or gifts or even emojis uh but I would love to hear more about keeping that intimacy fresh because it's got to be hard Yes, totally. Um, I think actually Dirty Lola's example is perfect, right? So especially if someone's, um, this is something we talked a little bit about, if someone's physical, physically oriented and their love language is touch, you can't really do that much at a distance, right? So you have to think about other ways of of managing that. We can talk a little bit about that in a second, but um, the idea of sending each other garments or stuffed animals or jewelry or anything physical can be helpful. Um, for people who don't really want to send clothing or jewelry, even sending something like, hey, I know you like cooking. I sent you this spice. I want you to use it next time you have a meal and think of me, right? Especially if it's something maybe spicy, chili infused that can add, you know, the heat of the moment to it and be very symbolic. Um, another way of, of doing that too and connecting is connecting over even small things. So one thing that I like doing with some of my partners is if I'm just doing a boring chore and I just want company, we'll just FaceTime. And, and it's, it's not even talking. It's just, I need someone to witness me doing this chore right now. So I get my butt in gear and do it. And I've done the same thing for them. Um, and so creating little moments of connection that don't have to be amazingly special. It can just be mundane and boring. But again, intimacy is something that we build not just through the very exciting, big, you know, fireworky moments. It's something that we build over time. It's something that we build, including those small, potentially, quote unquote, throwaway moments. Mm-hmm. So ways that you can increase that will probably increase this, the safety and trust in your relationship because there's a lot of editing out that we can do over, over media and t- technology. And so ways that you can bring back the boring stuff um, can give you a bit of a, a different vibe in your relationship. Um, I love that you mentioned snail mail, um, getting physical objects, letters. Um, I'm someone who also loves, you know, beautiful stationery. I've had people send me nice rocks from where they live, um, seashells, sand, things that I can also keep in my room. I have a little altar behind me. And so I keep things from where people have lived or where they've sent me things from. Um, you can also send each other voice recordings that you can play asynchronously. So if it's just a reminder of, Hey, I love you. I hope you're having a good day. I don't have to be up at six in the morning to tell you, please have a good day. You can just replay this MP3 that I recorded, especially for you. Um, Sometimes when people want to keep that sort of spark alive, again, it's just going to have to be creative. You're just going to have to get creative about it. Um, And it doesn't just have to be, again, physical items. It can be Hey, I know you've been sick. I'm going to, you know, grubhub you some food mm-hmm. because I know you can't leave the house right now or hey, I know that it's really hard to get groceries. Here's a grocery delivery service that's going to send you the groceries that you told me you needed for the week. So, if you were someone who would normally go to the store, get someone food and bring it to them, you can't do that physically. You could do that through a service you know, like Instacart, things like that. Or that's also where friends can come in, right? You can tell the friend on the ground that you know now, hey, so-and-so is having a hard time. Can you do this on my behalf? Can you send them a little card on my behalf and deliver it to them? So again, creative, creative ways. I like that because if your love language is acts of service Mm -hmm. and obviously your partner can't physically be there because you're in a long distance relationship, hey, guess what? I sent you a cleaning service for the day or a laundry service or something, which is, I never really thought about that. That's a genius idea. And Instacart is amazing. And I think it's available in a lot of metropolitan areas, but even smaller cities have access to certain small, like Grubhub is in a lot of places too. So that's great. And also, the quality time aspect is you can have that FaceTime session even when you're doing the mundane. That's a great suggestion. I love that. 
Humans, uh, because humans are wired for ritual and yeah. we, that is something that actually helps us thrive in relationships. And so whether it's the, Hey, every morning, I'm going to send you a little good morning text or a good morning emoji that, that kind of thing can create a cadence to a relationship that makes it more robust. Um, on the, on the realm of the sending each other clothes, another example, especially at the intersection of service and gifts, um, one thing that I posted about on Instagram recently is I have vests that needed mending and needing, needing patches put on them. And I just was not setting the time aside to do it. And I was just not going to do it anytime soon. One of my partners is very crafty. They live about four hours away. If you're driving eight hours away, if you're using public transit, um, and so actually one of the times that they were here, they took all the vests, all the buttons, mm-hmm. all the pins and have been working on them at a distance. And so they mm-hmm. send me progress shots when we're FaceTiming, they show me, you know, Hey, here, I'm painting the back of the vest for you. And so when it's done, I actually have one that's already completed and I wear pretty frequently, but there's another one on the way. And so when that's done, they mail it back to me or they wait until we're face to face. And now I have this garment that is not just something that maybe smells like them or that they helped buy. It's something that they spent hours and hours making for me um, that I know I'm already going to like because I gave them all the buttons and all the pins. And so it's another way of I'm wearing this. I have a little bit of you with me. And I also get to see the process of the creation. So that's another way if you have, if you're crafty and don't have a lot of money to do other things or, you know, let me send you a meal. You can, you can maybe mend their socks if they mail them to you, or you can fix their vest or something like that. Okay. Time for a quick break. This podcast is made possible by OMGS.com. OMGS is a research-based online program that teaches you all about how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made tasteful and inspiring short videos to show you techniques on how to pleasure yourself or another vulva. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and has changed their lives. So for all you vulva owners or vulva lovers out there who may already be having good orgasms and you want to take it to the next level, or perhaps you want to explore more variety in your playtime, OMGS will have something just for you. With two seasons, one all about internal and the other all about external techniques, it's better than any book or DVD money can buy. To learn more, visit omgs.com backslash shameless. Our listeners get $5 off. Check it out. This podcast was also made possible by Uber Lube. It's a luxurious silicone lubricant great for all kinds of sex. It's less likely to throw off the pH than most other lubes. And there are hundreds of doctors who recommend Uber Lube to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks who are experiencing dryness. You never knew lube could be this good. So whether you're an avid lube lover or you've never used lube before, Uber Lube is right for you. It has no flavor, no scent, and feels absolutely amazing on the body. Uber Lube has endless uses. I use it to tame my hair frizzies, to prevent chafing, and I even put some in my mouth right before an oral sex session, and it totally ups my blowjob game. Oh, and the bottle, it's gorgeous. It's totally discreet and looks more like a beautiful cosmetic product, so you can even leave it on your nightstand shamelessly. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com. Use code SHAMELESSSEX and you get 10% off and free shipping. That's uberlube.com. Go check it out. And now back to the show. The one thing I wanted that just came up for me while we were in this conversation is that when you're at home by yourself or you have kids or whatever that looks like, and you're trying to connect with someone via um, digitally or however you're, you're communicating with them, if it's over the phone, it's easy to get distracted. And I can assume that would be a contributing factor to the long distance relationships not working out. You have to be kind of present. It's easy to be present when someone is physically next to you. Uh, do you have anything else for folks out there that are in long distance relationships that you want to talk about maybe contributing to the demise of a long distance relationship? Yes. So one of the biggest ones is not knowing when the long distance is going to end or if there are plans for it to end. So if you are in a long distance relationship, there's a lot of different kinds, right? There's the, we met face to face, lived together in the same city. Now one of us is moving away for school or for a job, but we plan on returning. That's very different than we met online in a chat room and you live in 
you know, Malaysia and I live here in Georgia and we have no idea when we're going to see each other next. So it's, those are, those are going to need different kinds of discussions and resourcing around them, but just getting clear on what are we trying to do here? And if we don't know, that's also okay, but let's make sure that we're clear about the fact that we don't know rather than assuming that we're on the same page or assuming that the other person doesn't know. Um, the other piece is also just not knowing when the next contact is going to be. If you are someone who is able to travel or is able to see the other person, to me, and this is my bias too, but I know that it can help people's security and attachment, knowing what the plan is for the next visit. You don't have to plan 20 visits in advance, but hey, we just saw each other now. When's the next time? So that there's a little bit of security and again, stability to the flow of the relationship. Um, Another piece that often messes with, and honestly, messes with any relationship, but relationships that are at a distance have a maybe sometimes disadvantage to it as well, is poor conflict management skills, um, where it can be easier to just hang up the phone, shut the computer down, rather than actually address an issue. Or rather than, you know, if you're someone who is very expressive facially and you're texting with someone, you might say, mm-hmm. I'm fine. Yeah. Okay. I'll talk to you later. And you're extremely not fine. And you (laughs) might not even want to talk later. So some of the cues that you would get in person might not be there via text, um, or you might interpret them differently. So for people that are at a distance, I would say, again, have them at a conversation of how do you like to solve conflict? How did you learn to fight, you know, and what was acceptable in an argument? Um, how did your parents or caregivers teach you to resolve an argument? And again, these are therapeutic questions that for some people, their answer will be like, I, 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 don't, know. I don't know. I've never <laughs> thought about it. <laughs> or the, the way to resolve conflict was to not have it in the first place. So I don't know what this question means. And that's okay, right? That's a starting place. Um, but we've all learned about conflict somewhere, even unintentionally or without someone giving us a PowerPoint presentation on it. So having the meta conversation about conflict um, and what are kind of the agreements, like, hey, we're not going to slam the phone down on each other. No matter how heated an argument gets, we're not just going to log off. Or, hey, if my connection, if I'm in a place with a spotty Wi-Fi connection and I disappear, you know, this is my strategy for getting back online. Or I will at least try to check back in in this many hours or this many minutes. Um, so some of this is pre-planning and preemptively addressing conflict so that when it actually happens, you have a greater ability to repair it. Um, another thing that happens also at a distance is people confuse checking up on with checking in with. Um, and this also relates to healthy and unhealthy relationships and discerning between the two. Um, checking in with is a collaborative act. It is an act of love. It is an act of, I want to see how you're doing as a person. You matter to me. Checking up on is monitoring. It is controlling. It is, I need to know every detail of everything that you're doing. And if you don't give me those details, I'm going to be mad and I'm going to, you know, withhold my love or be passive aggressive or yell or things like that. Um, So the difference sometimes is around the attitude that comes with it and what you do with the information once it's given to you, right? And like semi your location. That one <laughs> right. is a little much. Mm-hmm. Right. For me, Where it are you? Be Who for are you me. with? What right. are they saying? I don't want to give you my location. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and that sort of thing can get really controlling, right? And I know people where they have their, you know, show my partner my location at any given time because, man, I'm just always late and I just don't want to have to communicate this part. It's easier if I just do this. Okay, that's... That's a reason that that might work for someone. If a partner is demanding that you give them your geolocation info, that's a little bit, that's more on the controlling side and that's a red flag for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I definitely, I'm, I'm sure there's people out there that are, that are doing that. And um, yeah, there's yeah a lot of opportunity here. I think I, relationships are hard in general mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, at, at distance there, it sounds like there's some, there's some benefits there. Like you're talking about that. It's kind of like the, what is it? The Esther Perel. I don't know if this is her model, but the um, obstacle plus attraction equals desire. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that you want a, a, a balance of individuation, you know, your own space, keeping remain, it's a mystery remaining there in the relationship um, combined with, 
with that coming together. And so long distance relationships can, can heighten that stuff. I'm sure like desire and those things. And then there's the part that if you don't put in the time and work to maintain that closeness, then it can just kind of unravel. Um, so I want to ask you about the touch piece. Then Mm -hmm. if someone's love language is touch and touch is important. One idea I have is like, buy them a massage, you know, go in and say like, Hey, I got you a massage at this place at this time or something. But what, what's, what do you do about that? I'm sure that's a big obstacle for folks. Yes. Uh, and actually part of what you're talking about is the role of fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. My hands can't be there, but I can pay for someone else's hands to be there. Yeah. And just close your eyes and think it's me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a part of it. If we get a little bit, again, sort of, if we zoom out a little bit, part of this is making sure that someone is getting physical touch elsewhere, not necessarily non-monogamously speaking, but if you are someone who thrives on physical touch generally, and your partnership is the only place where you expect to get that, and your partner is not present, that's going to be a mess for you and for the relationship. So making sure that you either have friends or build relationships where there is more touch, or you pay for it, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's again, for some people using sex workers or body workers or massage therapists as a way to do that, or hey, you're doing sports that are contact sports, or you're doing things where there's going to be more physicality to it, making sure that this is not the only place where you're expecting to get physical touch, even if it's something that you do want to incorporate is going to be important. Um, The other thing is start to beef up the other love languages, right? Not ignore the physicality, right? But make sure that you are diversifying your portfolio of how you love uh, other people, right? And that is possible to do. Some people think that, oh no, this is my love language. It will remain this way forever. You can't change it. That's not true. Um, For some people, yes, they will always have the one that kind of sticks out every time and is their favorite, favorite love language. But thinking that our brains are not malleable is, is silly, right? For example, I am not huge on gifts personally. Um, I prefer service. I prefer physicality. I prefer sort of any, pretty much anything aside from gifts. um, Mm -hmm. They're just not my thing. Um, But I have a partner who loves sending gifts. And now that I know that, right, when we started our relationship, I didn't. Um, Once I knew that and realized how much love they were pouring into their gifts, I was able to start making space in my brain and heart for how much love they were sending through a gift. So now I still don't really love gifts overall, but this person giving me a gift makes such a huge impact in my life because I already know how much they're trying to communicate with that. So our frame of mind and how we understand it can also affect how effective a love language is. Um, the other pieces, again, we, we already talked a little bit about this, using tangible items that remind you of your partner, um, whether it's because they sent them to you or you know they sent you a flannel or lingerie or you bought this thing together or this is a thing that you wear one month, you send it to them, they also wear another month, you send it back, um, all those kinds of things. But you know if you can't be there in person, again, there are limitations on what you can do, but that can also make it a little bit more exciting when if you do see each other in person, you get to have that physical touch because you don't, that deprivation can cause a sense of, ooh, this is this like special treat that we get every so often. Send them a bunny. No, like a live one? Here's a, here's a little bunny for you to pet. Yeah, like a live one. I, I had one. Here's, nope. a, here's a hamster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah here's a pet hamster. A hamster. For you. Yeah. The cool thing about being, you know, 2020 and, and the, the, revolution of sex toys now, right? It's so cool. We're in this sex tech era, which is, I think, so awesome because we've got apps and we've got phones so we can have sexuality at our fingertips or toys that can turn us on. Can you talk about products that you recommend for long distance lovers, toys, anything that you want to put out there? Totally. Um, I can give you a couple of names, but honestly, because sex toys are so individualized, Mm -hmm. what I would recommend for people is If you have questions about this, go to either a reputable sex toy shop in your area um, or look up, you know, the word teledildonics. That's actually what we're talking about, right? Teledildonics is the, the, the magic that makes these systems go. So WeVibe is one company that has done a couple of, um, a couple of toys like the sync and the connect. There's also the question though of data breaches and we've, I've actually had an issue with some data breaches. So if you're someone who cares a lot about privacy or if you're not, maybe you should start caring because of the day and age that we live in. But 
be aware of what the terms of use are. Um, be aware of what data is being transmitted or picked up from the toy. Who else could control the toy um, before you before you buy it? Um, so WeVibe has a sync in the Connect. Uh, Lovence is a company that has a couple of different toys. Um, some are sleeves, some are insertables, some have a remote control, like some have a Bluetooth app, things like that. Um, there's also another company called, I might be butchering the name, Kiru. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a couple of toys. The Pearl is one of them. Onyx is another one, um, which again, the idea here is that you can control them at a distance. Um, however, you don't actually need all this fancy stuff, you can still just have a regular sex toy that's not teledildonically activated and use your phone, Mm -hmm. right? And that can also create another layer of connection because you are hearing, for example, let's say that you and your partner are talking on the phone, you both have your favorite toy at hand, and you're talking on the phone about what you want the other person to do with the toy. And one person is narrating where the toy is going. How is it, you know, touching their body at any given time? So getting good at dirty talk can be really a skill set that gets beefed up at a long distance. Um, and the reason, I, the reason I mention, even though I'm super excited about teledildonics in general, I'm a huge nerd. I love, you know, anything that gets tech and sex together is my jam. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also aware that people have different budgets, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about long distance relationships, sometimes the advice is very geared toward people with a lot of disposable income where, well, just travel and take that train or go halfway around the world or buy this fancy toy that costs $300. And it, it feels really important to, at the same time that we have that conversation, because that toy might be amazing. Also, what do you do on a budget <laughs> if you're mm-hmm. having a long distance relationship, but you know you need a shoestring version? Like that could be the, hey, we're both on the phone and we're talking about the toy and using it at the same time. Um, or making a sound file of it and sending it to you at another random point during the day afterward um, so that you can still get a little bit of those, you know, literal and metaphorical juices flowing without necessarily having to break the bank. And we've talked about this on our podcast a number of times, but we uh, we also love WeVibe and um, Pure Pleasure, one of our sponsors and a store that I own. So I sponsor our podcast. <laughs> I co-own it with my mother. We have it at purepleasureshop.com. Our listeners get 15% off with coupon code uh, ShamelessSex. Um, we also have the, I believe Kiru is on there too. It's K-I-R-O-O. And Hot Octopus is pairing up with Kiru. We're going to launch something in with them because they're amazing with software. They're one of the, they're actually the founding software company for sex tech products. So we're partnering with them. So there'll be uh, something to look forward to. I love Kiru and what they're doing. They do some really cool stuff. And they're out of the Netherlands. 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 I, love, Netherlands. Hey, I love seeing the innovation out there. I like what you said. You can also do this with any sex toy as well. You can. Um, some of them are a little more personalized. Um, and before we, we close out by asking you to just describe more about how people can work with you or find out more about you, I know that you do just, and this is going to be like a Cliff Notes version, you do a lot of work around social justice. And I I just wanted to, to offer a, a you know, small opportunity here, a short opportunity for anything that you think is, I mean, it's a huge topic. So I mean, we could probably record like 8 million podcasts on this, but like what are, if, you're, if our listeners could know anything right now that you feel is like really important for them to create some awareness, get their juices flowing, some, create some new questions for them around social justice, do you have anything that you would like to kind of like throw out there for them? Totally. Um, so social justice has to begin at home. Is, the, is honestly the main thing. Um, and what I would encourage people to do is take, take a look at their lives, right? Who is in your friend circle? What identities are represented or not represented? Um, think about the fact that if you had a major surgery or if you had a car accident, would you be able to get into your house, right? Is your house an accessible space? Or do you live on a second floor with you know, 10 million stairs to get there? Um, So honestly, just starting to take a look at what you have around you, what are maybe the gaps and start filling them, not inauthentically, right? But start looking at, oh yeah, I realize all my friends are white. That's maybe weird and not great. Um, Oh, I realize that the only places I hang out are places where you have to pay money to get in. I don't hang out at places where there's not a cover charge. Um, So that's, that's one piece, starting to actually just look at your own life and what narratives might be missing or what narratives are predominant right? Sometimes we don't know what we don't know, but you can actually name what you do see in your, in your circles and what is dominant there. Um, another piece is how are you getting involved with changing the world? It doesn't have to be huge. You don't have to be canvassing every minute of the day, but we all 
we all have opportunities to make the world better um, and make the world better in a way that's out of solidarity, not pity. Mm. Um, so, you know, when people are like, oh, I'm going to knit hats for the homeless. I'm not saying that knitting hats for the homeless is bad, but are there other ways that you can get involved with helping homeless people that is not knitting hats, right? Is there another change that you can make around city ordinances in your, in your city around where homeless people are even allowed to be? Um, do you even know what's going on? What are the concerns of homeless folks? Um, you know, things like that. Um, also in term in the realm of sex specifically, um, again, the conflict management piece is really important. Some of the work that I do is around alternatives to prison, alternatives to sort of prison related forms of justice, whether that's restorative justice or community accountability overall. Um, I would say that getting more people invested and involved in those kind of conversations is going to be critical for them to actually be able to take off in a, in a meaningful way across the globe. Um, there's communities that are already called restorative cities. Oakland is doing a lot of work around that. So it's not just, you know, one or two people trying to do restorative justice work, but cities themselves are trying to think about how can we resolve conflict and how can we resolve harm without thinking of it as here is a crime. The person who did the crime is bad. Let us lock them away. Um, and because justice and prison relate to so many things like race and class and gender and, you know, safety, um, that's actually a really critical point and a really, um, a really like melting pot of, of issues that once you start getting into this, there's so much that you're going to learn just out of out of having to have the conversation, you can't escape them. Um, so getting involved in that or at least getting curious about it would be another thing that I would encourage listeners to do. I just started, I, I listened to so many podcasts and NPR and, and I, so many things come up for me with just the global concerns and the climate of the world. And one thing I just started to do, because I don't have a lot of time to donate my actual time to be a volunteer, a lot of places, I just started donating a little bit of money every month. I mean, I would spend it on a coffee. Um, and so folks that have five or 10 extra dollars, which most of us hopefully do can uh, like research something that you're passionate about online. I donated to Doctors Without Borders uh, because I, I love what they're doing. And, and, uh, and, and so I, but I did a bunch of research to make sure the money was going to the proper places. And then I saw folks that were being human trafficked and that were being taken out of those uh, realms and um, uh, nonprofits that were helping with people that had been sex trafficked or human trafficked or any of those things. So uh, that was another organization that I donated to. Uh, so there are ways, even if you can't physically be present or do anything to your home. I live on a top floor, something with stairs and even people that have poor mobility have trouble getting up. And I feel guilty about that. So there are, but I like that was uh, really opening my brain to thinking about that. I'm like, man, I wish I had like a, a la like some kind of uh, elevator up that could even could be not comfortable, but uh, for folks that can't use the stairs. So um, I don't know. I just want to invite our listeners to think outside of the box and to, yeah, get curious, get out there and, and, and do things. It's, we're one world, you know, there's just, there's one and there's all of us and we can live in harmony. I really do believe that. Like, I really do. Maybe I'm being a, a I don't know, way too optimistic, but I do. I love your optimism. optimism. It's, it's important it. to have, it's important to have goals, right? So yeah. Even if we're not in the magical realm where everyone loves each other and is at peace, you know, that sounds nice. It's good to at least know what we're fighting for, mm -hmm. right? Especially yeah. in these times, it can be really overwhelming when there's so much corruption and there's so much, you know, disaster. Um, knowing that we're not alone and trying to make the changes, at least really important for me and I know really helpful for a lot of folks where we feel really overwhelmed. Like, I can't fix it solo. Totally. No one can. That's the point. The point is that. We all have to put in the effort together to be able to make that change and see what is it, what is within our capacity and our capacities also can change over time. So the question is, man, do you never have capacity to help your neighbor out? Do you never have capacity to, you know, work with a community that's not your own? If that's the case, that's something to be curious about because maybe it's, you know, your health is failing and it is just on the decline. Maybe it's just that you've never actually tried to make room in your schedule for, things that are not directly your own priorities. And that's, mm -hmm. that's worth noting. 
we all can do something. We yes. really, everyone we has, all yeah, can. Yeah. And uh, I, I love that. And I think that we need to open our minds mm-hmm. to that. It's important. Mm-hmm. So how can people work with you and find you and, uh, be more, how can we get more of you in our lives? <laughs> I um, want more Ida. Thank you, technology. It's exceedingly easy um, if you know my name because I'm the only one with it. So I'm at idamandule.com. I'm Neuron Bomb on Twitter. Uh, my name again on Instagram. Honestly, if you just have my name and Google me, you will extremely find me. Um, for therapy clients, I take folks generally that are in the Boston area with you know, some exceptions. I work a lot with uh, relationships and couples at this point, though I also do individual work. Um, I'm generally full up, <laughs> but you know, people can ask because the other thing is if, um, if I'm not available, I'm happy to connect people or give them other resources um, to, to other clinicians or things like that. Um, but for speaking, education, consulting, things like that, shoot me an email. That's one of the best ways to reach me. And your name is spelled A-I-D-A and it's your last name is M-A-N-D-U-L-A-Y. Ida E-Y. Mandula. So close. Did I do E? Ooh. Oh no. Yes. I see. Good thing I did that. <laughs> Make sure I have the other thing on there. Okay. There you go. Well, Ida, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I, this has been so empowering even to just feel we all are part of something so important and yes, long distance lovers, we can all be as passionate too, even if you're not physically present and you have a long distance lover or you're interested in, in that. So there, I, I love the social justice aspect mm-hmm. of, of this conversation and, but we're shameless sex. So we had to do more of the, the, all the sexy, spicy things, but all the things are important. So thank you for taking the time mm-hmm. to be with us and our listeners and uh, to all of our shameless sex revolutionaries out there, have you tried? Have you tried Margin's wine? I've been trying it. That's why maybe I'm I just slurred right there. <laughs> I tried it. I I'm did it. it I tried it every day. Uh, go to marginswine.com. Sign up for the newsletter. We do actually on our website. If you if you check it out, we have some uh, discount coupon what, codes in the for show, you. In the show notes wherever in you're the show listening, notes. it should be in there too. There you go. Uh-huh. So check those out. It's amazing boutique wine. You're supporting a local winemaker who is awesome and she doesn't make a lot of money and she should. So I just shoulded someone, but that is when you should. All right, y'all, we will see you next Tuesday. Ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.